Welcome to The Great Sources, where we explore fundamental Torah ideas through the great books and sources of Jewish thought. Today we're going to talk about the book of Eicha and uh, a major lesson of the Korban that's captured specifically in the first Pasuk of the book of Eicha. The material for the discussion is, the source for the discussion is my Sefer Mishnas Yaakov, page 219 and on, in the essay entitled Om You can follow along inside, and that will help you understand the, uh, the Sefer and the Shia. So, there's a descriptive word in the first Pasuk in Eichel, which is Badad. That word is supposed to describe, put there to describe how terrible the Chorban was. Eichel Yeshua Badad. How is it that the nation became so lonely. Um, the city which so many people became so alone. That word badad is the first word, and as we shall see, in fact, it's a key word to describe the extent of the tragedy. How can they be badad? How is it that that happened? Now, interestingly, the word badad, in another context, is held up as being a great praise for B'nai Yisrael. While here it's used as such a negative. Eicha, Yeshua badad, they are all alone, without friend, subjugated and humbled to the nations. In the other Pasuk, in Pasha's Balak, that's in Bamidor Perik Havkim, or Pasuk Test, the Pasuk says, Hein am levadad yishkoin, uvagoyim lo yishashov. They're a nation, said Bill, I'm praising the Jewish people. They're a nation that dwells all alone and is not reckoned among the other nations. So there the badad, the, the quality of loneliness or aloneness, is the greatest praise for B'nai Israel. while here in the Pasuk of the Chorbin, the fact that they are bibididos, the fact that they are lonely, is, is, is the problem. Well, which one is it? Which one is it? And if you look a little closer, in both Pesukim, the Pasuk of Praise and the Pasuk of the Lament, in both of these Pesukim, the subject is the status of Yisrael vis-a-vis the other nations. In the Pasuk of the Chorban, it goes, Eicho Yashava Badad Ha'ira Basi Am, Basi Bagoyim, Sarasi Bamadinas Ha'isalamas. How could it be that they're so lonely, this nation that was once so great among the other nations. And then the other Pasuk, where it talks about the greatness of Israel and the fact that they dwell alone, it says, So that's the clue. If you want to penetrate to the deep message here, you know, you can read Eicha, it, it, it's so moving and it's such a lament, but if you want to penetrate to the, to the depths of the philosophy, the theology of what is going on, you really have to look at these clues and try to develop them. So here's a great clue, that there's a good Badad and a bad Badad. And the good Badad and the bad Badad, which is the greatness of Kla Yisrael, and their exile and destruction of Kla Yisrael, all depend on the relationship to the other nations. So the good Badad is that they are alone and are not reckoned among the nations. The bad Badad, badad is that they are alone, um, this one who was great among the nations. So what's that all about? Now let's go back a bit. Let's go to the first word, Eicha. 
the first word in the Megillah, which obviously is a way of expressing shock. How could such a thing have happened? How could this be? Something so inexplicable, something that flies in the face of everything that we thought we knew about the greatness of an Esau, about the chosenness, about Hashem's dwelling among them. So that's obviously what the word Eicha means. However, as we shall see, Eicha too is a code word. And if you follow where this word takes you, as a code word, as a Gzeir Shava, looking for where this word occurs, looking for the context and the sense, plugging it back into Eicha and the whole concept of Korban, that's when we start beginning to understand what this first Pasuk encapsulates. So let's see. The word Eicha occurs in the Torah three times. And significantly, as we shall see, that it occurs three times, the three times that it occurs, are in Sefer Devarim, in the book of Devarim. And that's quite significant. Devarim is, is different than the rest of the Torah in a very important way. Um, and, and the fact that Eicha occurs there is important. We'll get back to that later. Let's look now at the three places that it occurs. And we'll see again that there's a pattern here. There's a pattern to the idea of Eicha, a pattern that repeats itself and begs us to, to consider what's this all about. So let's look at the three instances where Eicha occurs in Devar. Um, they're all about, as we shall see, they're all about Rabim against Ichim. They're all about many and the one. So the first one is in the first parak of Devarim. First parak of Devarim, which, of course, Pashas Devarim, we read, we always read that right before Tishabah. And there's that Pasuk there in the first parak of Devarim that we read to the tune of Eicha. And that Pasuk, as we'll see, is actually truly the, the key word, or truly where everything begins to go wrong. So let's look at that Pasuk. Moshe Rabbeinu says like this, this is the context, Devarim Parakalab, he says, I can no longer bear you by myself. You've become so many. You've become so many. Of course, may Hashem increase you a thousand times. But how can I bear you by myself? You're so many. How can one person manage such a great nation? So, again, we have that idea. There's a difference between many and a few. How could, how could such a great nation so many problems, more people, more problems. How can one person manage all of you? Next instance of Eicha in Devarim, Perak Zayin, Pasuk Zayin, These nations, that's the nations of Canaan, are greater than me. How will I, a nation that has fewer people than these great nations that I'm supposed to route, how can I route them? How can I, uh, how can I force them to leave? How can I conquer them? Um, how can the few equal, or, or in fact exceed, the many? And the next one in Devarim and Vaya, the third Eicha, is in Ashes Hazinu, Perak Lamed, Beis Pasuk Lamed, Eicha, Yedof Echod Elef, Ushnaim Yanisulu Rivava. How could it be that one person to give, would give chase to a thousand? How can it be that two people can cause ten thousand to flee? So as we see, Eicha always in all its occurrences, in the Torah, in Sefer Devarim, refers to the impossibility of equating many to the few, just like Echa Yeshva Badad Ha'ir Basayam. How could it be that the Ira Basayam turned Badad? That seems to be a contradiction. Now, as we shall see, this is, this is alluding to matters of deep 
deep thought, deep philosophy, like the whole Tanakh, which is on its surface, you can read it very simply, and it's, it's written for everyone to understand on their level, but it also contains these, these really deep secrets that um, you have to think about. You have to first find them, of course. First you have to find them, then you have to think about them. You have to think about them, to consider them, then you have to really think about them for a long time, and then you have to, of course, apply them. So today we're going to discover it, uncover it, explain it to the best of my ability, and um, then, of course, you have to think about it and then implement it. Okay, so the key thing is, the key idea that we have to try to take to its end and see what it really means, is that one and many are not the same. Now, I want to show you that this is not merely a way of expressing shock. This is referring to a true theological question. And stated as a question, the question is, how could it be that many were treated as one? How could it be that the Irabasiyam became lonely? And the question expressed in that way is given clear form in Sefer Yechezkel. There it's expressly stated as a kasha or as a proof that, that Bnei Yisrael should not, cannot lose their land. And this is in Yechezkel, Perik Lamed Gimel, Pasuk Chof Dalet. Yechezkel, Perik Lamed Gimel, Pasuk Chof Dalet. Yechezkel, the Navi is told the following. The people who live here in the land of Israel are saying the following thing. Avram was only one, and he inherited the land. And we are menu, many. We are many. Avram Avinu, who was only one, inherited the land. So we, who are many, for sure, are going to keep the land. Now, what does that exactly does that mean? Let me explain. Avram Avinu was given the land. Well, why was he given the land? Does an individual need a land? Certainly not. One individual you know, can be nomadic. He can um, find people who will, who will take him in. He can be a Gavitoshev. But a nation, a nation, they need a land. Which is why, consistently, consistently, the bracha to Avram Avinu about the increase of his progeny, the fact that he's going to have a, a, a great nation descending from him, and the blessing of the land always go together. Look in Bereshit's Perak Yud Gimel, Pasuk Pesukim Tesvav Yud Zayin, Hashem tells Avram, Ki as kol ha'aretz asher atar re'el l'cho etenena, v'samti ezarecho ka'afar ha'aretz, etc. kum eshalich ba'aretz. You get this whole land because you're going to have children that are as, as numerous as the afar ha'aretz. That's why you need an aretz. They need a place to hold them. They need their own country. And then in Perak Tazvav, in Bereshis, Psukandal to Zion, Hapet Nashamaimus, Rakhovim, Koi Yezarecha, and then, Because Avram is going to have a great nation descent from him, that's why he gets the land, the gift of the land to Avram. The purpose of the gift of the land to Avram was not for Avram as an individual. Was for Avram, who was going to be the father of a great nation. And then lastly, to Yaakov in Parshas Vayetze, in Perak The nation that's numerous, Kafar Haaretz, needs a land that goes Yom of the Kedem of the So, 
the question then in Yechezkel, Avram was one, and the land was given to him. So we are the many, certainly we get the land. The question makes perfect logical sense. The whole purpose of the land was for us, the nation. The many wasn't for Avram. So perhaps we're not Avram Avinu, perhaps we're not Shitzadikim as Avram Avinu, but the whole reason that he was given the land was because there's going to eventually be a Rabim, a great nation, numerous nation, born to him. So then, of course, say, say those arguing with Yechezkel, which is put in the mouth of Nesol, saying, Hashem is not going to deprive us of this land. The many deserve the land. In fact, the whole blessing of the land in the first place was because there are eventually going to be a many. We are them. We are the many. So obviously Hashem is not going to take the land away from us. So, very good question. Logical question. Um, let's see what the answer is. in And the answer is, and think about it before we get to the answer. This is essentially the same question as Eicha. Eicha Yeshua Badar Ha'ira Right? Just like the people in Yechezka say, we're Rabbim. We're so many. We're, we're the many that the Aretz is for. That's why there's an Aretz Israel. You know why there's an Aretz Israel? Because there's a Rabbim. Because there's a great nation. So we are the, the, um, the, the actualization of that prediction, of that blessing, said the people in the time of the Chorban. And um, this is it. This is what Hashem is talking about. This Rabbim. So then we have a question. It can't be that the Rabbim will lose the land. It's not merely an expression of shak now, read in, in light of Yechezkel. It's not merely an, an expression of shak, it's an expression of a true kasha. How could it be that the Irabasiyam became Badad? There are many. And because there are many, they're supposed to have an aretz. How did they lose it? So, there is an answer in Yechezkel. The problem is that the answer also needs to be explained. So what was the answer? Told to Yechezkel. Hashem said, tell them the following. You've done all sorts of awful things. And you think you're going to inherit the land? Okay, you sinned. Right, we know that. But if there was a real question there, and it really was a valid question, and we'll see later why, there's a true struggle here in the question. A true theological tension and question, uh, issue. But in as much as there was a question at Kalvachayma, right? Avram Avinu was one, and he got the land, so we are the many for whom the land was given, so for sure we get it, which is a real fair question. The purpose of the land, the blessing of the land to Avram, you know, Hashem gave Avram the land. He never told him a condition. He never said, I'm giving to you, but not if they sin. He said, I'm giving you the land because you're going to have Zerakafara Aretz. And here we are, the Zerakafara Aretz, the um, actualization of the blessing, what it was all for. So, what do you mean you're taking the land from us? Oh, the answer is, well, you guys sinned, you're terrible people. You think you're going to get the land? Yes, we do, because no one ever made this condition in the first place. So, the Kasha is a good Kasha in Yechazkel. The Teretz, it's not clear how it answers the Kasha. So, in order to get to this, um, let's, in order to understand the answer, we're going to go, in order to understand the, the answer to the question of Eicha, the question that Eicha poses, how could it be that the many turned into the one, or treated like, as if they're one, treated as if they're not many. In order to understand the answer to this question, we have to 
dig a little deeper into the first Eicha. The first Eicha that Moshe Abedah says, Eicha Eso Levadi. In the beginning of Hashem's Torah. So, take a look at the first pack in Tvarim. And as always, when learning Chumash, you gotta, don't lose the forest for the trees. Try to get the overview of what Moshe Abedah is saying. So if you start from Pasuk Ches, the whole thing begins. I'm just going to summarize now Pesukim Ches through Lamed Moshe Rabbeinu says, okay, you have the Aretz. Come on, let's go get it. It's time to take the Aretz. So he starts with saying, let's go get the Aretz. Then he says, you know, at that point, I said, I can't bear you by myself. You're so many. I can't do this. Let's get some judges. I'm going to make them leaders. And that's what he did. And Moshe Rabbeinu set up that whole system, commanded the, the judges. <clears throat> how to function, how to rule and bring him the, any problem that they can't decide, etc. And then again, it gets back to the theme of the Aretz, and I said, okay, let's go. And you all approached me and said, which I approved of, and the story of the Moragim, they took the Priyaretz, and they said, but you didn't want to go up, and, and you rebelled against Hashem, and you said, Hashem hates you, Hashem heard, he got angry, and he said, this terrible nation is not going to, to see the good land. And Hashem got angry at me too. So, the, so there's, there's a theme over here of going into the Aretz. That's how it starts. Go into the Aretz. And then I said, well, I can't bear you by myself. I made judges. And then you all came to me and said, we want to send, um, send spies. And, and that's when everything went... went um, went south. Everything went bad right there. So, so let's think about this. What is the, what is the theme in the parak? Moshe Rabbeinu here in the beginning of Dvarim, which is, Moshe Rabbeinu is a good farewell speech to Bnei Yisrael essentially. The first theme in Pasha's Dvarim, very appropriately, is Moshe Rabbeinu losing his exclusive control of an Yisrael. And, right, because he says, I can't manage you all by myself. Now, no one else is Moshe Rabbeinu. You know, you always think about this like, oh, okay, fine, there's going to be intermediate levels. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that sounds very reasonable, very efficient system. But on a deeper level, Moshe Rabbeinu is Moshe Rabbeinu, and we can either all be led by him, or we could uh, relate to people who can relate to him, which is like a step removed. And none of them it's very important. And that's what's happening in the beginning of Dvarim. It's that Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, that's it. You're no longer under my direct control. And let's see what happens then. We have major problems. Right? Because the story continues. Ah, you're not all in my control. I made judges. Next thing you know is that you come to me with an idea. The people come to Moshe with an idea, which is the natural next step. Because once Moshe Rabbeinu is not fully in control, he already made it a little bit democratic. He, 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 um, he gave some of his power over to the other people. And they approached him with an idea, which he has to consider, because he's no longer the sole source of all, all law, and all, all um, should I say, all practice, all anhaga, and, and that's where everything went downhill. And where does it all start? Let's see. It starts with... 
Time to get the land. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, wait, time to get the land, but you know what? There's a problem here. You're so many, I can't be here by myself. Now let's think about that. As we've shown, when does Bnei Yisrael have to get a land? Why do they have to get a land? Because they are numerous. It's always the reboy of the people and the blessing of the land go together. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, wait, we have a problem. You're ready to get the land. Yeah, you know why you're ready to get the land? Because you're so many. If you're so many, you know what, me, you know what it means when a, when a people is so many? So many people, so many problems. Because you're so many, because you're a whole nation, and therefore you need a land, <coughs> well, such a numerous nation that there's also a lot of conflict, right? Because the more you, one person doesn't have conflict. Well, sometimes he's conflicted with himself, but healthy people are, um, have, they have something they stand for, they're all worked out. But once you have a, a large group of people, Everyone's got his own opinion, which leads to Tarach Masafarif. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, I really want to unite you. I want to be the only leader for all of you. But that takes a certain degree of unity, which at this point, that you're such a great nation, as a numerous nation, um, such a numerous nation, ready to go to land, I no longer can unite all of you under, under my, only, uh, my sole authority. So like we said, what happens then? They approach it with an idea. He accepts the idea. He has to consider the idea. He has to either approve or, or talk them out of it. He approves. And he sends the spies. And we all know the end of that story. But they lose the land, right? So ironically then, ironically, and this ties us back into Eicha really, as we shall see. The same blessing that makes them need a land, which is that there's so many. So many people. Okay. You finally met the criteria of Once you you get the land. But mm, so many people on the land, okay, can't really be united anymore the same way under Moshe Rabbeinu. You can't really be united in the same way. So I'm going to make intermediate levels as Moshe Rabbeinu. The intermediate levels cause him to have to consider the ideas that are generated by Bnei Yisrael which are to send the spies, which means they lose the land. Boom. It all ends. And not only did they lose the land at that time, and this is important, again, for the Eicha point. We all know, everyone knows. They sent the spies, 40 years in the desert, they're not getting the land. But not only did that exile, or not really exile, but the pushing off of the inheriting land, but not only was that the decree and the punishment for the spies, but even the exile, as in the Chorban of Bayesrishan and then the exile to Bavel, and further exiles. Today, were also all due to the Miraglim. And by the way, um, we're going to get to this in a, in a few weeks, hopefully. We're going to talk about the, um, why the Miraglim, why the sin of the Miraglim is such a central sin. But the Pasuk says explicitly in, in, in Tehillim. It says in Tehillim, Perekuvav, Sukim Chavdal, Tukhavzayim, Vayimazu Ba'atzchemdo, Lo'yha'aminu Lidvaroi. They rejected the chosen land. They didn't believe his words. So the passage continues, Hashem picked up his hand and swore that he's going to kill them in the desert. Okay, we know that. But then look at the next passage. And to knock down their children in the, or to knock down the seed, as in their progeny, in the, among the nations, and to scatter them in all the lands. Scatter them in all the lands. Where did that happen in Pashishlach? I'll show you in a minute. But another passage in Yichazkel says this also explicitly. In Yichazkel, the passage says, Gam ani, Gam ani, excuse me, not above, 
Gam ani nesasi es yodi lahem bamidbar. I too, says Hashem, raised my hand as an, took an oath in the desert. Lafitz osam bagoyim ulezaros osam baaretzos. So the 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 exile was decreed. The exile um, from Bayis Rishon, some nine and some eight hundred and fifty years later, was decreed back in back in the Midbar. When? When they sent the Miraglim. So now, just as an aside, if it says something in, in Vim and Ksuvim, especially a, a detail, a factual detail like this, that at the time of the Miraglim, Hashem took an oath that He's going to exile the people, and scatter them from the land to all the nations. So that's got to be alluded to somewhere in Pashashlach. Indeed it is. And this is in Pashashlach. The Pasuk says, which is Hashem taking an oath by His life, or I am alive, I am alive, the glory of Hashem will fill up kol ha'aretz. The glory of Hashem will fill up kol ha'aretz. You know what that means? Hashem's glory is going to spread out across the whole earth. How does Hashem's glory spread throughout the whole earth? Because He takes His people, scatters them across the earth to all four corners of the globe, and that's how the whole world gets to know His glory. So when Hashem says this oath, and it sounds like He's just taking this oath, oh, you read it as this um, almost generic thing. It's not generic at all. It means you rejected the chosen land? Okay, so now there's going to be a different system of revelation, of the revelation of Kodesh which is going to involve Kol Haaretz, the whole earth. Instead of you being separate in your special land, you're now going to be in the whole, scattered across the whole earth and then among all the nations. Okay, that's an aside. But either way, what I'm trying to show is like this. So what do we see? That the root of all problems... The root of all exile is Eicha, and not Eicha Yosh Rabadad of Megillus Eicha. The Eicha in Parashas Dvarim, Eicha Asalavadi, is the true root, is the true root for the sin of the Miraglim, and therefore the true root for Eicha Asalavadi, Eicha Rabadad, the root of all exile. And the real problem, so now we could hone in on what's the real problem. The real problem was also about many and one, and in that instance, going back to the, to the root Eicha, how could Moshe, it's only one person, how could he manage such a great nation of so many people? And as the parish ends there, the last passage we said in Pasuk Lamazayin, Hashem got angry at Moshe Rabbeinu too. And this means, the idea is, that Moshe Rabbeinu was no longer living up in his role of being the leader of the Israel. He is supposed to be Rabbeinu, the sole Rav, the Rebbe of all of us. That's his role. And once there's this intermediary, we see how quickly things go wrong. And that means <clears throat> the people are in trouble. They don't have Moshe Rabbeinu. And Moshe Rabbeinu is in trouble. He doesn't have his people. He doesn't have his Hanhaga the way he used to. And he too is, is it's then decreed that he too will, will um, not go into Israel. So that's how we get from one Eichel to the next. The, the numerous people don't unite around their one, their one um, great leader. And um, because of that, Now, with all this in mind, now we can go back to Yechezkel. We said that there was a question in Yechezkel. The question was, Avram Avinu was one. And he got the land because there's going to be a many that comes from him. So here we are, we're the many. So why don't we get the land? So in light of Devar and Perak Aleph, 
In line with Varim Parakalas, we can understand the issue here. What did Meshav Benusel tell the people? You're so many. Great, you're so many. The problem is when you're so many, there's also Torah Masav Ariv. When there's a lot of people, when there's Rabim, there's Riv. Right? Many people, many opinions, and quarreling. So Meshav is telling them, the seeds of your destruction are right there in the seeds of your greatness. Or right there in your greatness. Sorry, none of the seeds. The seeds of your destruction are present in your greatness. Your greatness is that you're so many, but there's a tendency for many to also self-destruct, to fight. So then back to Yechazkel. When, or even before Yechazkel, let's talk, even in the Pasuk, Echa Yoshva Badad, So we said the question, the Pasuk Echa Yoshva Badad, is expressing the same question as it says in Yechazkel, right? How could so many turn into so few? But look in Devarim, we know the answer. Because sometimes many self-destructs. Sometimes many is actually worse than one. Because if they're fighting with each other, they don't have that unity that the one person had. Echa Yoshva Badad Ha'ir is a question, but it's also an answer. How could so many be treated like so few? Well, Ha'ir Abasiyam, when there's a Abasiyam, said Moshe Rabbeinu, you're so many, and because you're so many, there's a certain period, there's a certain disunity that's, that breaks you apart and that makes you not worthy of, of the great blessings. So in Yechezko, where he tells them, all those questions. The point is as follows. What's the, why does a Rabbin get an Aretz? Why does a society need an Aretz? Because a, a functional, united society, a community, has to have a land where they can be united. You are so dysfunctional and disunited. You're so broken apart. You're ripped apart by your dysfunction. And you're the Rabbin that gets a land. That's not a true Rabbin. You're not a true Rabbin. You are, in a certain sense, less than Echad HaYavah. So the issue at hand, the, the, the struggle, the tension, is between many as being a good thing, or many perhaps as being a self-destructive bad thing because of the disunity that the, that the numbers introduces to, to, the, to the people. Now, we showed two that the whole nature of the, of the good Badad, the bad Badad, which you have to get back to, <coughs> all depends on the place, the status of Yisrael among the nations. How is that? Why is that? So there's a, there's a reboy, right? It's a good thing when there's a, a, when there's a numerous nation. That's why they were blessed with an Aretz, because they're going to be wrath. But the fact that they're so numerous could sometimes make them self-destruct, and that depends on the status vis-a-vis -vis the other nations. So how is the status of Yisrael among the nations? How is that key to the whole matter? For this, we have to look at another Badad. Another Badad with, with the context, and that's in Parshish Hazinu. Perek Laman Beis in Devarim, Sukkim Chesti Yibes. The passage goes like this. Bahanchel el yoin goyim. So the Pasuk is saying as follows. There are 70 nations, as we all know, and the 70 nations are the same number as the Bnei Yisrael, as in the Yaakov's family. 
So, so what does that mean? Why is that significant that there are 70 nations like 70 people of Israel? Because there's a contrast over here. There's the 70 nations and there's something that they stand for. And that's the 70 um, Sarim and Elohim Acherim, as we'll explain. And then there's Chelek Hashem. And then there's the one nation, which is also contains within themselves 70. And they are the Chelek Hashem. Who is Badad. Hashem Badad Yanchenu Veini Mo'el Mecho. So the idea is as follows. There are 70 nations. And that alludes to the concept of that there are 70 other ways, or 70 um, corruptions in divinity, or ways to relate to Hashem that are not complete. Klal Yisrael is also 70. That means they contain within themselves all these various elements, these various um, various attitudes or ways of relating, ways of understanding. They contain those within, within themselves and therefore they unite them such that they can be with Hashem Echad and therefore He leaves them Badad Ve'ein Imo El So now we see that there's a certain correspondence between Yisrael and the nations. They both contain 70, 70 nations and 70 B'nai Yisrael. But there's a method, there's a, a way of B'nai Yisrael to, to there's a the proper way for them to act and to deal with their 70, with the element that they have 70 within themselves, such that they will be led by Hashem who's, who's Badad. Okay, so now we know, now we can understand the whole concept of, of Yisrael and the nations and how that relates to um, the Badad question, okay? As we explained, it's a question, but it also has the answer. Right? Being many can lead to um, friction, self-destruction. Similarly, Rabbasi Bagoyim is the problem, can be a problem. Because if Klai Yisrael, instead of being alone, Hashem Badodyan instead of being alone with their one God, instead they are Rabbasi Bagoyim. They identify themselves as according to their status among the 70 nations. So then they can be broken apart by those 70 different approaches, 70 different um, midas, 70 different kinds of, kinds of ways of relating to Hashem and relating to life in general, which is Tarech Masavarib. So Rabbasi Bagoyim is like this. If they are among the nations, if they are Mishashiv Bagoyim, and they look at themselves and say, hey, okay, there's this guy and there's that guy. This guy stands for that. This nation stands for one thing. That nation stands for another thing. We too stand for this and we too stand for that. Then what happens is, within the nation of Israel, you're going to have P-word. They're going to break up. They're going to break up. And the reason why they're going to break up, and these are deep things, I'm saying it really pekitzer, and um, I, hope I, I hope I'm explaining it enough. Let me, let me try to explain a little more. The Ramban says in Pashat Baloischa, there are 70 koiches anefesh, there are 70 ways of understanding things, 70 types of people, essentially. Which is why the Sanhedrin has to be 70 people, the Roman says, because then you get all, all the types. We spoke about this once. All the various um, character personalities. <coughs> B'nai Yisrael contain all 70. Okay, but they're supposed to unite them around one Hashem, right? Which means that they're supposed to create out of this many, out of the fact that they're many, they're supposed to create something one, something that unites them. How they do that, not for now. But what if they look at the other nations? Each of the nations stands for one of those 70 things. Not for all 70. Each nation stands for one of those 70 things. That's the point that the Pasuk is making, that Yatsev Gulas Amla Mispa B'nai Yisrael. B'nai Yisrael has 70, like there are a full 70 nations. So there's 70 other nations, each one standing for one of these concepts, one of these ideas, and all of those ideas are contained in B'nai Yisrael. Okay? So now, if we successfully unite all those ideas into something else, that's Hashem Echod. And then we get to Hashem Badad Yanchenu Ve'eni Ma'el Nechad. 
But what if these 70 ideas that we contain in potential within Klai Yisrael, what if they look to the other nations and they say, oh yeah, the one within Klai Yisrael who, who, let's say, stands for whatever idea, certain idea, idea number one, he says, look, there's that nation, I identify with that nation, I like that. So then what happens is, instead of him uniting with the 69 other ideas within Klai Yisrael, he ends up breaking apart and, and saying, insisting on his stance being the only stance. And that's Terech Masaferib. That's Terech Masaferib. So listen, listen to this Pasuk. The Pasuk back to, um, back in, 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 in Balak. They do not reckon among the people. That's a, that's a, a matter of counting, of reckoning. And the next Pasuk says so explicitly. Who can count? Says Balak. Who can count them? That means like this. Counting is problematic. And now we're getting to deep stuff. This all has to do with the fact that Hashem is one. This will get clearer later. Counting is problematic. Numerousness is problematic. The fact that there's many is a problem. Hashem is one. And whenever you introduce um, plurality, you're introducing a possibility of not seeing the unity of Hashem. Says Bilam, they don't count among the nations. They don't count. They're not a number. You can't count them. They're Levadad, which means even though they really contain many, they are a rabbim, they have a way. They have a way of making their, their numerousness not count, not lead to plurality. Therefore, they don't count them among the goyim, and you can't count them. So again, the one nation, the goyechad barats, Kaiso is called goyechad barats, they can be a goyechad, they can be the one nation, the nation that reflects the unity of Hashem. Or they can break into 70 pieces, they can follow all the 70 nations. If they follow all the 70 nations, then they get broken up. That's the question, and that's the answer. Because they were Rabasi Bagayim, and the Goyim are 70 separate nations, all broken up. And they identify themselves, they, that is, B'nai Israel, identify themselves as a nation among the Goyim. They break up into 70. Torah Masavariv, instead of a unified community. Now, the same thing again. How the answer actually is alluded to in the question, we can take that back to Yechezkel, a beautiful Medjish, where Bekiva said the following. So you remember the people asked Yechezkel, Echad Hayavram, Rabin. Said to Bekiva, listen to this, said to Bekiva, they made a Kavachim. Avram Avin only served one God. We serve so many gods. Of course we should get the land. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? That's not a joke. This is a free in the varm. We serve many gods. What does that mean? What are they trying to say? What they're trying to say is, many? That's great! The more divinities, the better. The more ideas of the divine, the better. Because, because you know, many is, is theoretically, you think, oh, many is a good thing, right? The more, the better. Just as a rule, that's the saying, the more, the better. But the truth is, the truth is, and this is the answer, and that we're talking about conceptually, many is sometimes not many, because, because be, the, the Yechazkel's answer is, the fact that you serve many gods makes you be so divide, divided. Many can also be divided. So yes, many is great. Many is why you have the land, the fact that you're so many. But if the fact that you're so many makes you turn against each other, then you're not many anymore. So now we have the two Badas. Now we can get back to the two Badas. There's the good Badad, which is called Hashem Badad Yadchenu. We are alone with Hashem. There's the bad Badad, where we are lonely because we're Rabbim and because we tear, each other, tear ourselves apart and fight with each other. 
therefore we're lonely. So Kali Yisrael is supposed to be alone. There's a major difference between being alone and being lonely. Alone means we stand for something unlike anything else in the whole universe. That's called Hashem Badad Yenched. We stand for something which is so unique, completely unique, completely unlike anything else. We are alone. We are not influenced by anything because what we stand for and what we relate to is so unique and so different than everything else. That's Hashem Badad Yenched. That's the good Badad. You cannot compare to any. This nation of Yisrael cannot be compared to anything else. This nation stands for something incomparable and they are an incomparable nation. That is the good Badad. That is being alone. The bad Badad is the loneliness that comes from so much company that everyone's fighting with each other that nobody feels like he has anyone else. That brings us to another Badad Pasuk. This Pasuk is in Devarim, and the end of the Zabracha, Perak Laman Gil, Pasuk Kafkas, the Pasuk says, Vayishkan Yisrael Betach, Badad, Ein Yaakov. Klai Yisrael dwelled Badad, Ein Yaakov. Rashi teaches Ein Yaakov mean like Ki'ein, like Yaakov's Bracha, says Rashi. Like the bracha that Yaakov blessed him. Not like Yirmiyah's Badad, who said, Badad Yashavti, I sat all lonely. Rather like Yaakov's promise. And what's Yaakov's promise for them to be Badad? Says Rashi. That's the Badad of Yaakov. That God is with you and returns you to your father's land. Because to your forefather's land. You know how you get the land of your forefathers? By being with Hashem. And you know what it means to be with Hashem? It means to be alone. To stand for something unlike anything else because the 70 Midas contained within Kala Yisrael are subsumed, become, are united to become something completely new, completely different than any other nation stands for. Then they deserve to be alone, alone in their land, alone to serve, um, um, able to serve Hashem all on, their, all on their own. Hashem is one and we are one and we are alone with Him so we have to be separate from the other nations. And this idea I'm going to show you another passage. Let's go up to the, the second Eicha that we spoke about. Or rather, maybe the third one. The second one in Devarim. And look at the measures of that Pasha, and I'll show you how the, the Pasha contains the idea of the good Rabbim and the bad Rabbim. So this is in um, Devarim Perek Zayim. Again, try to look at the whole, get an overview of, of Perek Zayim in Devarim. And you'll see there's a theme over here. And you have to try to look for the theme and try to understand it. Here it goes like this. I'm just picking out the Pesukim that talk about the, the key points here, but you could skim the whole parak. Hashem is going to route the Goyim Rabbim. Shiva Goyim Rabbim Vatsumimimimekka. Destroy them, don't make a bris, don't marry them, because they're going to influence you. You are an Am Kaddish, you're special. And then the Pesuk talks about Pesuk Zayin. Loi mirubcha mikola amim. Not because you're so many, rather you're so few. Rather because Hashem loves you. And then it continues and says, and this really goes into, into Pasha Zekev, so you really wouldn't necessarily notice this. But it picks up the theme of, of, of Rav, the beginning of Ekev, and then it continues and says, don't serve their gods. And then Pasuk Yudzayin, Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them. Rather, Hashem is going to do to them like He did to Mitzrayim, etc. And then it goes, it's odd Pasuk, Pasuk of Beis. Hashem is going to wipe them out, ma'at ma'at, little by little. And that's another Rabbim theme, and that's very important. You won't be able to destroy them at once. Pen tirbeh alecha chayas Again, another tirbeh. So I want to explain to you 
what the, the theme in the parish is and how the, the Sukkim are alluding to a beautiful idea. Here you have the nation that's so few and they're afraid of the, so many, right? That's the problem. How could few equal many? Many is better than few. Says the Pasuk, no, 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 you know what? Hashem doesn't approve of the many. Rab, in and of itself, is not necessarily a Milo. And then it goes on and says, they serve Elohim Achem, right? Those are the Rabbim. Those are the Rabbim. And what happens if you serve Elohim Achem, the numerous gods, that breaks you apart? Says the Pasuk, Hashem is going to wipe them out. Ma'at, ma'at. And the remez of Ma'at Ma'at is the following. You're so impressed with them. You're so awed by the numbers. Right? They're so rabim. The numerous. They're so scary. How are we going to be able to rout them? Says the Pasuk Ma'at Ma'at. Sometimes you have a rabim that's really just one little thing after another little thing. Yeah, it piles up. But does it turn into something greater? No. It doesn't turn into something greater. It's like the Tirba Alecha Chayes Asadeh. You can have a lot of animals coming. Is that like a community of animals? No, it's just one and another and another and another. And each one by itself perhaps increases your risk. But the fact that they're a rabbin in and of itself doesn't mean that they are essentially a greater unit than the yacht. They're really just a ma'at ma'at. Okay, so we discussed so far that there's um, spiritual unity and social unity. In order for B'nai Yisrael to <coughs> reflect Hashem's unity, <coughs> to unite, and therefore stand for something that's alone, something different, they have to be united socially. And um, in order for them to get a land, in order for them to get the land and not break apart, they have to be united. Now, how does the spiritual unity and the social unity reflect? I want to explain that a little more. If people are united socially, that means they're not, they don't fight with each other. So they can also unite around one religious idea. If, however, they have machlekes within them, then they can't have religious unity either. And similarly, the same thing works in the reverse. If they don't have religious unity, then there's going to be um, social disunity too. So you see in Yechazkel, he says three things, right? All those things make that they're not unified. That they're not unified. Okay? They're not serving the one Hashem, and that they're socially, they're, they're, there's, a, there's a, a rot within the social order. Now let's go back to Devarim. At the beginning of Devarim, Moshe Rabbeinu says, we have a problem here. You're ready to take the land because you're so many, being so many is a problem because it's Toyoch Masav Riv, we have to deal with that. Now, how did Moshe Rabbeinu deal with that? So he made judges, right? Okay, perfect, makes perfect sense. He's trying to make a system that's going to unite and um, unite the social order, unite the, the society. Now, as we'll see, there, there are three Eichas. There's the Eicha in Devarim, there's the Eicha in Ishaya, and Eicha in Yemia. And this concept, this concept of Moshe Rabbeinu's, um, of setting up the judges. And the thing we discussed about the uh, religious unity and the social unity going together, this is what ties together the three Eichas. So it starts in the Medrash, this is the Medrash in the beginning of Eichas, it says there were three Eichas. Moshe Rabbeinu said Eichas al-Avadi, Yishayahu Anavi said, and this is the Haftarah in Pashas Dvarim, of, of Pashas Dvarim, Eichah Yisrael Zainah, and Yemir said Eichah Yeshva Badad. 
So Rebbe Levi said a marshal, it's like a, a, a woman who, um, who had three friends. One saw her when she was Bishalva, everything was good. One saw when everything was going bad, and one saw her after everything was already completely, she was Benivula. So Moshe Rabbeinu saw when they were, everything was great, and he said, Yeshaya said, saw them when he saw things were starting to go bad, and he said, and Yemir said, said when everything was already destroyed, and he said, I want to explain what this means. First, let's look at Yeshaya and Yemir, just those two together. Yeshaya calls um, Bnei Yisrael a Zayna, and Yemir calls her an Amana, or Ke'amana. So here's the, 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 the nimshal, is as follows. You have a woman who's not faithful to her husband. She's a Zayna, right? Eventually, her husband is going to abandon her, her lovers are going to get sick of her, and then she's going to be Kit Almana, right? So, that's the uh, marshal of Bnei Yisrael's relationship to Hashem, and the fact that they weren't faithful to him. Instead, they worshipped um, idols. So they're like the Zayna. Eventually, they're abandoned by Hashem, and their relationship with the other nations and their gods completely dissolves, and they are like the Almana, they have no one, they have no one at all. Now, the thing is that, look and say for Yeshaya, Yeshaya doesn't talk about Avedazar. Yeshaya in Parak Aleph talks about Mishpat. He actually talks about an Amona too, but he says, this is in Parak Aleph in Yeshaya, Yudzayim to Chav Kimmel, he says, Rivu Almona, Dirshu Mishpat, I want you to do Mishpat. I want you to defend the poor. Eicha Haisal Zayna Kirin Amona, the faithful one, how are they faithful? Not faithful to God in terms of serving Hashem. He says, Malayasi Mishpat. They had Sedek. But now, Yosem lo Yishpaitu, Vruvamana lo Yavayalehim. So Yeshaya talks about Mishpat, like Moshe, right? So there's three Eichas. There's three Eichas. The Eicha of Moshe, the Eicha of Yeshaya, and the Eicha of Yemiah. The Eicha of Yeshaya and the Eicha of Yemiah seem to be talking about Avadazara, because one is a Zayn and one is an Amana, yet Yeshaya talks about Mishpat. And Moshe Abenu also. What does he do when he says, Eicha Salavadi? He says, I want to set up a court system, justice. And there's another parallel here between Yeshaya, who talks about Mishpat, and, and Moshe Amein. Yeshaya uses Lashonis from the beginning of Dvarim. He picks up these, these words from the beginning of Dvarim from Moshe Amein's speech, and he uses them to go on this diatribe against Kabanis, which is a common theme in, in the Nevi'im. We spoke about this in the past uh, year. There it says in Pasuk Yud Gimel, Hashem said, Loi uchal, I'm picking up the words that are come back from Torah. Moshe said, Loi uchal levadis eiseschem. Yishai said, Loi uchal oven v'atzara. I don't like you getting together. Chodshechem u'moyadechem son anavshi hoyu alai l'toyrach. I can't bear you. Chodesh and yimoyad says Hashem, Nilesi nisoy. Remember, Torchachem masaachem v'rivchem. And that's why he tells him, Rivu almona. So, on the one hand, so let me just bring out the, the issues here and then I'll, I'll tie it together. On the one hand, everyone seems to be talking about Mishpat. On the other hand, um, Yeshaya picks up, uh, he picks up from Dvarim, uses these words from Dvarim, talks about Mishpat, but then he talks about being a Zayin al-Amana. So why is that? A Zayin al-Amana means not being faithful to Hashem. And that's because all these things go together. In order for the nation to be unified and to be faithful to Hashem Echad, who is unlike anything else in the whole world, he's Badad, he's alone, he's Hashem Echad, he's not like any, any other God, he's not like any other Midah, they have to subsume and they have to sacrifice all their individual personal Midahs, the 70 individual proclivities, and they have to subsume it into one thing that's greater than, than all of them. That's the way for them to be um, under Hashem Echad. 
Moshe Rabbeinu saw them b'shalvasim, as the Medrash says. He saw, okay, you guys are great. You're ready to have a full land. But wait, there's a little bit of a problem here. There's a danger. You might fall apart. So here's what I want to do. I want to make a system of mishpat. A system of mishpat unites you socially. And if you unite the people socially, as we discussed, it all goes together. If you unite them socially, they can be united religiously too. The two things are two sides of the same coin. A united society could stand for a concept that's unique. That's alone. Um, problem was, you all approached Moshe Abenu and there was a, uh, a breakdown. As Rashi says, you approached Moshe Abenu and you weren't united. His, there was no, his, Moshe Abenu's attempt to create a social order of Mishpat did not succeed. And therefore, Yeshaya picks up from Devarim, picks up from Sefer Devarim, and he says, Look, Moshe Abenu tried to do something. He said, And he tried to do something. He tried to um, set up a system of justice. Didn't work. You guys are not doing the justice. You're not doing justice. So then you're a Zayna. You're a Zayna from God. Why are you a Zayna from God? Why are the people turning away from Hashem? Because they're not getting along with each other. Therefore, they're not united. They're not united. They're looking for outside influences. Everyone is looking for what he personally stands for. Looking for support. Wherever he's going to find it. Wherever nation he's going to find it. Whatever God will support him. That's his God. One guy is fighting with another one for power. His God becomes the God of power. One person cares about one thing more than another person. His God becomes the God of his personal interest. So the two things go together. So that if you lack mishpat, which was the band-aid, Moshe Rabbeinu is trying to give them mishpat, trying to unite them through mishpat. If you lack that, you're going to be a zayna. If you're going to be a zayna, you're not going to have mishpat. The two things go together. So Eicha Yisrael zayna, Yemya saw things falling apart, and eventually it led to the Eicha Yisrael Badad of, of Yemya. All depends on unity. Everything depends on unity. If Nei Yisrael is united socially, they could be united in serving Hashem. And through, they're united socially through Mishpat. And that's why there in Yeshaya, Perek Aleph, Pesukim Chavav, through Chavzayin, the Pasuk ends, Vashiva Shevtaich Kivarishayna, when there's Mishpat once again, and there's Tzedek, Tzion B'Mishpat, Tipadeh B'Shavet Tzedek, B'Tzedek. Once there's Mishpat, there's also, there's also um, unity, and there's also unity around Hashem, the nation could have its land again. So this is the end of the first part of the, of the Shiran Eicha, next part we're going to talk about the contrast between um, Moshe Rabbeinu's leadership and the leadership of the Nevi'im and why Yeshaya, what was Yeshaya's intention when he picked up these words from Devarim and applied them, um, giving Bnei Yisrael Musa about bringing Karbanas. Thanks so much to everyone for listening to The Great Sources. Please remember to rate and review the podcast. That's how it gets out there to even more people. Thank you and good night.